Hello again, and welcome to Healthcare Marketing Insights for the week of July 13th. This is Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, the healthcare marketing firm that's putting on the podcast. And I'm joined over the transom by... Adam Meyer, design director at Interval. Hi, Adam. Hello. How was your weekend? Uh, It was all right. Had a family reunion up north, um, so a lot of driving. Nice. um, but it was fun. We tried everyone. We have a huge family on my uh, mother's side, and that was it. The Danielson family reunion. Try to do it once a year. Get as many people up there as possible. The drive back was horrible, however, because of that. Uh, oh yeah, I got stuck on ninety four when the is. Uh, we can link to the news story, but a gas truck rolled over, like a tanker semi. And, yeah, I uh, saw that. Yeah, it spilled fuel all over the place, but was laying in the middle of the median half onto the road. So <clears throat> that back tra- up traffic pretty much like three-fourths of the way to St. Cloud from Minneapolis. And we sat on I-94 for about five hours, I think. No way. Mo- moving at about four miles an hour when we were wow. moving. Yeah. that's And for anyone who's not familiar with the area, getting from St. Cloud to the Twin Cities is usually, I don't know. An hour. An hour. Yeah. Maybe shorter if you're... In good traffic. Yep. So, yeah, that was miserable. Yuck. Well, that, that, I don't have a traffic horror story, but I have a baseball horror story. I just picked up uh, season tickets for the rest of this year for the Twins. I'm now officially a Twins fan. I grew up a Cardinals fan, still am a Cardinals fan, but been living in Minneapolis enough now that I'm primarily count myself a Twins fan, maybe first now. And I picked them up in time to see the Yankees who were here. And the White Sox, who are their cross-division rival. So six games, and I went to four of them, and I gave away two games. And they lost all four that I went to, and they won the two that I didn't go to. <laughs> so I don't know whether that means that I'm bad luck or just bad timing, but it was it was a pretty uh, – it was the equivalent of your five-hour St. Cloud 94 <laughs> traffic, except for just in baseball terms because they played awful in the games I watched, so – Anyway, I did have a good weekend too, but that was that was not fun. It would have been better to see them win one. So what's what's uh, what's interesting is we're starting off with a couple of negative things, and our last podcast was all positive, <laughs> right? And we're get, we're getting right back into the <laughs> cynical things because we're going to lead off with something that uh, I don't know how we'll tie it back to healthcare marketing, but it's a service story. And one of the nice things about having a podcast, I think, is that we have a forum. And for however many people listen to this, uh, you know, we share our opinions. But sometimes, uh, you know, there's a story worth sharing that's that's not positive about a company we're dealing with. And I, I bet everybody's got a phone company story uh, or a cable company story. But I, I swear, I I could probably have a week back of my life if I could get back all the BS time I've spent dealing with phone companies. And the horrors they put you through. Mm-hmm. So briefly, here's what happened. Uh, we had a bad situation. Quest is our server, is our is our phone service company. Uh, we use them for everything, internet, for phone lines. We had a bad experience with them, uh, which helped uh, finally move us onto a virtual phone system, which we are now using. Uh, it was kind of the final straw, push us there. But we kept, we're trying to keep one line, both to keep the internet and DSL, uh, and for our uh building kind of monitor that people have to buzz it on. 
The problem was the internet was tied to one of the other numbers that we dropped or ported over to this virtual offering. So that, so Quest basically had to switch our internet to the one surviving number. Seems simple enough. This was supposed to happen last Tuesday by five o'clock. Didn't happen. Uh, Jackie, who's not joining us on the call, went through hell trying to talk to people, got rude service people. Uh, finally, they had somebody come in Thursday that said, oh, we'll come in. We have to switch it in your office. The guy came in, uh, first said he could fix it, then said, no, he can't fix it. Our quote-unquote IT guy would have to fix it. I don't know who that would be. That's you, Adam? <laughs> That's probably me. <laughs> uh, apparently, I don't, we didn't know what it was. But then we called Quest back and said, what's going on? I said, no, he should have fixed it while he was there. So we'll send somebody back out. We were out of the office Friday, so they were supposed to come out this morning between 9 and 11. Of course, they give you a big window. So Jackie is there waiting for them. She's in our office kitchen making coffee, and the guy calls her, waits five minutes, doesn't get her, and leaves and says, sorry, I'll come back tomorrow. So we're still without internet, and I've had luck uh, dealing with Quest via Twitter. The last time we had our problem, I, I kind of ranted on Twitter, and somebody immediately got back to me. So I tried that again. And the woman, I think it was a woman, Steph was the person I dealt with, was very nice via Twitter. We had email and Twitter conversations. And uh, she said she'd get right on it and get see what she talked to the tech people. And then she got back to me and said, sorry, nobody can come out till tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, it's going to be a week without internet in our office, which is part of the reason why we're doing this remote. Uh, it's just uh, unfathomable to me in this day and age. I mean, am I missing something in that, Adam? Am I? Am I? Am I are my expectations too high? <laughs> no, no, I, I don't think so. I've yeah, I've got a number of cable. Well, I've used the I used DSL a number of years ago, and I've been on cable ever since then. But uh, several horror stories between both of them, with just getting the runaround on why something's not working. You know, right. they tell you that it was your modem, but then you know, three hours later something gets reset in their servers and all of a sudden you're working again. So clearly right. it had nothing to do with your modem. Um, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I don't know. It would be nice to get straight answers. Even if it's st something you don't want to hear once in a while, just tell me what's, what's going on. You right. know, don't feed me BS and make me think you don't have any clue as to what the heck is going on over there. Well, the irony of all this, we won't go too long on this, but uh, I've had the same kind of situations you're talking about with Comcast who have internet with at home. Uh, and the irony is now that we've reached out to ComQuest or Com ComQuest. <laughs> oh, a, no. That would be the devil's company. <laughs> Comcast. <laughs> That's a great slip of the tongue. Uh, we've reached out to Comcast to see what they can do because we have cable television in our office from them. So now we're going to see if they can give us one phone line and Internet and how tough that will be. Because I can almost guarantee you it'll cost relatively the same and they'll come out and, and get it set up in a day or two. And Quest has taken a, a week to figure out how to do something that we already had with them and just poured it over. So now we've kind of gone full circle. But anyway, I just share that with people. And, and you know, I guess it goes back to service and experience. And you can tie it back to healthcare however you want to. But just goes to show you how brands get clobbered, little <laughs> things like this. All right. So let's move on past that. We won't, I won't want to rant too long. Uh, let's talk about a study that you found, Adam. Uh, and forwarded to all of us that we thought was interesting. It's from the Pew Internet and American Life Project. Uh, just real quickly, I bet a lot of people have, uh, have heard of the Pew Research Center. But here's how they describe this. 
The Pew Internet and American Life Project is one of seven projects that make up the Pew Research Center, a nonpartisan, nonprofit, quote-unquote, fact tank that provides information on the issues, attitudes, and trends shaping America and the world. So I think a pretty well-respected source, wouldn't you Mm -hmm. say, Adam? Definitely. Yep. Okay. So we want to talk about this study uh, in a couple ways, but here's what they found. They did a survey, and the results said that 42% of adults say they or someone they know has been helped by online health advice. So we thought that was an intriguing number. It's relatively high. Uh, I would say it's high, if you had to ask me. Uh, But I, I wonder if... You know, I wonder if the discussion point is more about how to read surveys than what this one's actually saying. Um, and the reason I say that is what I think is interesting about this survey is that when they did it in 2006, uh, the results were 25% of all adults had that same answer. So comparatively, two years apart or three years apart, I guess, it almost doubled. And I think that's a very relevant piece of information. That helps us show the impact of online health uh, information and resources, wouldn't you say, Adam? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so clearly the, that uh, that part of our industry is growing. What I think is what we could also talk about is how do you read a survey like this? Uh, because the, the question was, or the answer was, forty-two percent of adults say they or someone they know. Okay, this is where you open up your closet and you roll out your 200-pound grain of salt (laughs) with this survey result. Because as we've talked about before, and actually we're going to put out a uh, blog post this week uh, that goes deeper into this kind of concept, uh, it's very hard to trust survey results like this. Right. Uh, Most people would probably tend to think if this was an Internet survey— uh, that that they want to seem savvy when it comes to the internet. So you're going to get a bunch of people who say that they've been helped by online health advice who maybe haven't, uh, haven't been, or to, to the extent they're claiming. But as soon as you open it up to someone they know, I think that just makes this really vague. Right. It makes that dynamic even uh, more shady in that, well, you know, I might not have, but I think I know somebody who has. Yeah, probably, right. sure. Right. I've, yeah. I heard about it on TV, so that must be the one person who I am aware of. Right. So the danger here would be saying, gosh, nearly half the people are getting their advice online. We should pour all of our resources into that. Not that we don't think you should do that. Uh, But you just have to know how to kind of look at these surveys and, and put them in the right perspective. That's why I think it's important to compare it to 2006, because if they're the same biases in place, and people are inflating their answers because they think it's what the surveyor wants to hear, mm-hmm. then you would assume that, relatively speaking, it, that inflation impact uh, is the same before as it is now. Right. So it's more, uh, it's more interesting that the increase between the two years as it is the, the actual hard number. Right. And not only that, but I mean, when, when you look at the bottom of that um, chart that's at, at this link— um, the bottom part talks about people who have not, necessar- not necessarily been helped by finding information online, but who have actually been harmed by the information they've found online. And that says um, 3% of adults and 3% of e-patients say they or someone they know has been serious or has been harmed by following medical advice or health information found on the Internet. And then it says 1% of respondents said that they have themselves or know somebody who has been seriously harmed by medical advice they followed. 
on the internet. Right. And the first thing that makes me think of is just how some people perceive well, um, the best way to describe this, I think, is to share just a small story with somebody who I who I know, um, old friend on Facebook, but someone I've been meaning to talk to about. He's, he's posted. He, he's one of those Facebookers who puts up posts that you're like, oh man, do I want to stop following him because I don't want this stuff, this kind of weird <laughs> stuff on my wall, right? <clears throat> but he just, um, you know, he had had a seizure um, while he was in Walmart, and <clears throat> continues to he claimed that it was from the reflection of clothing or something that were that was in the Walmart aisles from the lights. And to me, it, maybe <laughs> maybe that could happen. I don't know. But it seems a little absurd to me that that would necessarily be the cause of a seizure. I would think that there's probably a lifelong of medical conditions going on, something that led up to something that potentially resulted in a seizure at the point in your life in which you were in Walmart on a Thursday afternoon. I could right. be wrong. I don't know. But I think a lot of people just jump to some crazy conclusions sometimes as to what the cause of something is or what led to something. Um, right. So that in and of itself can really, I mean, that for that, for someone to respond to a survey like this saying that I was harmed because of the internet when it probably had nothing to do with it. Um, and maybe it did. I don't know. But the point is, people just jump to some, some to some crazy conclusions sometimes with this stuff. And when those conclusions, you know, color survey results, that's kind of a weird, which they always crazy, yeah, crazy thing to base your uh, initiatives off of. Which they would. I mean, that's just part of how things kind of work in the mind. And and to kind of you know to take your point again, that when they say forty two percent of people say they've been helped, that was all adults surveyed. Um, and then they have that broken down. So 10% of those people, 10% of all adults said they had major help, 20% said moderate help, and 11% said minor help. That's where you get the 42%. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how you define these, we don't know. Uh, so in either case, your situation or this one in this survey, we don't know how they're defining minor, or moderate, or major. Uh, but so much of this depends on people's perspectives and the moods they're in and uh, so it's it's not that this is invaluable information. We're not trying to say that. It's just, you know, make sure you put it in the right perspective. Right. Um, and, and we have another survey. that Let's talk about that one, uh, which I think makes this point as well, but also has other, not just kind of research uh, topicality, but, but healthcare marketing. So this was a story that was forwarded to us by, uh, thanks to Daphne Swancutt, who's a friend of ours through Twitter, who forwarded this USA Today story that ran, oh, about a week ago. The headline says, women frequently check prices for doctors, medical procedures. So this was a survey by Cigna, which is a large health insurance company. And they uh, surveyed a thousand working age adults. And their survey showed that 20% of women compare the cost of doctors and medical procedures. And the point of it was versus 15% of men uh, so they called that out. But they're also, you know, calling this out saying, hey, this reflects the economy. This reflects trends in healthcare, all of which are things that we've talked about, how the economy is pushing people to pay more attention to their healthcare dollars, uh, how, you know, high deductible plans and all these things do that. But again, uh, you ask somebody in a survey, do you compare the cost of doctors and medical procedures? It's kind of like we joked before when you ask somebody, uh, you know, if you're presented with a healthy sandwich at a fast food place, would you be interested in that? Most people are, you know, there are a lot of people who would be just because they actually are, 
But there are quite a few people that would say, well, this is a survey. I don't want to look like an ass, so I'm going to say yes, whether I am or not, because it's what's expected of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this that kind of dynamic definitely impacts statistics like this. Of Well, you know, no, I don't. Well, 80% of the women said no, they don't. So that's actually pretty... That's pretty interesting that more don't claim to at least shop for, for this for healthcare stuff. Uh, but I would even say the twenty percent that said yes might be high because <laughs> of that kind of because of that dynamic, right? You know. So, uh, but again, it does support those trends. Uh, it would be great to see, uh, like we did in the other survey, kind of see a, a comparison of what that result was a year ago or two years ago. Uh, and my guess it would be is that it's increased, but I don't know. We don't have that here. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my own little story relative to this. Uh, we mentioned last time about our our Facebook presence, and I actually posted this question there because I think it's perfect for uh, you know asking other people like us how they deal with the situation. We've got I have three kids. And two of them have been to the dentist in the past six months. And in both cases, you know, I've got an 11-year-old who went and an 8-year-old. Both cases, the dentist is saying we should use what's called the trainer system, which is something I've never heard of. And it's, some, it's not a retainer. It's the trainer. And supposedly, if you use this piece of equipment on their teeth, uh, you lessen the odds that they will need braces. Now... The cost of this thing is like $400 per kid, so not insignificant. Uh, if I were a savvy, smart health, which I, I consider myself a savvy healthcare uh, consumer, but I'm not informed in this case because I can't find any information out on this product. And, of course, the question is, well, we could drop $400. We could drop $800 to get this for our kids. What are the odds it's going to, you know, if it seriously, if it's 50% or 75% likely to eliminate the need for braces? Well, heck yeah. Because braces are are a lot of money, thousands mm-hmm. of dollars. But if it's got a ten percent chance of eliminating braces, then no, it's not worth it. Uh, and we can't take the advice of the dentist as much as we like our dentists. Clearly, they have a conflict of interest here. They have an incentive. Uh, the first of which is they make money on this, and the second of which is they don't they don't do the braces. That's an orthopedist. Orthopedist? Orthodontist. <laughs> I guess if we want to save money, we could go to an orthopedist. <laughs> or spend uh, What's that? Or spend even more. Or spend even more, that's right. Uh, get braces on their feet. But <laughs> but so it's just it's just a perfect example of, you know, tied to this survey. Well, how do we even shop right. for this? I mean, A, how do we know that that's a fair price? How do we know that this is actually needed? It's like your mechanic saying you need a new Fetzer valve. It's going to cost you $400, you know, or you're going to have to have your transmission changed in a year. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you really know that you need this Fetzer valve? You know, you type it into Google and see how many people have replaced their Fetzer valve. Do you know my reference to Fetzer valve, by the way? No. That ring a bell? That's completely made up. That's from Fletch. <laughs> it's a great movie. Yes. I don't remember the lines, but I know it's a great movie. It's all ball bearings these days. You have to look it up. <laughs> But, I, but I've tried that with this. I've tried Googling the trainer, and I'm not coming up with anything. So I put it out there in Facebook, uh, both to see how people deal with this kind of situation on their, in their personal lives. But hopefully, from a selfish perspective, somebody else has looked into this or knows what's going on with the trainer and can give us some guidance. Right. But you would think with all of the resources out there, 
the dozens of uh, places you can go to price check different things that this would come up, that, that I would be able to find this resource. And it's just, right now, I'm not having any luck. So a, a plea goes out to the podcast land. Did you have braces yourself as a youngster? I did. Yeah, so did I. I so did. My, my teeth were never crooked. My teeth just never grew, never grew down to touch each other in the middle. Like my front teeth touched, so, but none of the rest of my back teeth touched like when I closed my mouth. Mm-hmm. So I had to have braces with like, and I had these rubber bands that went up and down, like up and down, up yep. and down, and up and down, and up yep. and down the sides to pull all of my teeth together. Like not to straighten them, but just to like pull my top and bottom teeth together so they actually touched. So I don't think something like this would probably even help with a situation like that. See, now as we're talking, there's already been a post from somebody, or well, it's an email that somebody saw on my Facebook post. Somebody who knows a dental, who, who's family member works at a dental supply company and would be it would be able to provide some information. So it's already working. So this shows the power of social media right there when it comes to healthcare shopping and, and making decisions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so I think that's an interesting this will be an interesting experiment to see what, what comes out of this. But uh, anyway, back to the survey, twenty percent of women, I hope it's that. My guess is it's a little lower, but we'll just have to wait and see how how that all plays out. Okay, so one more thing that we thought we would share, uh, Adam, you brought this up too. This is just <clears throat> classic. We'll bring, we'll provide this link. You want to describe what this is? Well, it's from it's from a website called retrocomedy.com, dot um, which is a, appears to be a blog. Uh, I got the link off of uh, from somebody on Twitter this morning, but uh, it's the the title of the post is the fifteen creepiest vintage ads of all time. And I had I certainly agree with the uh, author that these have got to be some of the creepiest ads I have ever seen in my life. Yes, and there and so there's a couple things let's talk about. Let's give them some sampling here. So here's my favorite. Uh, it's it's my favorite because I tend to like the ones that are completely inappropriate <laughs> now, right? And and the, whoever did this has got some some witty little quotes. So. Here's a, and they're all print ads, a print ad for Chase and Sanborn Coffee. And the headline says, if your husband ever finds out you're not store testing for fresher coffee, dot, dot, dot. And then it goes into copy. The picture is from, it's a man sitting in a chair and you see him from behind. He's got his hand raised up and he's got his wife over his knee and he's spanking her. (laughs) So the inference is, uh, if your husband finds out, he's going to physically abuse you. And the little quip says, she totally deserves it. Seriously, what kind of woman doesn't store tests for fresher coffee? This was an actual ad. It must have run in, what, the 50s? Uh, it looks pretty 50s-ish. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah. that's amazing. Don't that's, you think that's amazing? <laughs> that's ridiculous. And now, you had a favorite that was like that. You want to describe the one that, that's further up above that you thought was... I don't know if that one's my favorite. That one I thought was like equally as shocking. Right. There you go. Um, I think my favorite is probably still the first one with the demon girl and the jelly on the bread. That's Um, hard to, it's hard to get that humor without. Yeah. That one's hard to explain. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, explain number 13, explain a girl Uh, around the house. 13, a girl around the house. Uh, What is it? It says leg legs at the bottoms. So I'm not even sure legs, what pantyhose. exactly it's, it's pantyhose. Okay, I think so. Well, basically, the title of the ad says it's nice to have a girl around the house, but then the photo is this like t- 
tiger skin rug with a woman's head on it. <laughs> a guy that you can see from only the waist down who's standing on the rug with his one foot up on the woman's head as if he like conquered this tiger woman. And I, I can't read that. Well, here, let me see if I can make it larger so I can read what the copy says. Uh, I'll read it while you're looking at it. The, the little quip says, it's nice to have a girl around the house, especially if you're a psychopath serial killer who makes women into rugs. <laughs> this is just insane. I mean, it's just <laughs> read it. Can you read it? I can't see it. I can't it. really read it. It's kind of blurry. Well, I, can't, I can't. I can't quite see it. We don't want to give away all of them because we want people to come and see this. But I'm going to give one more here. And they're not. They're um, not all. They're not all necessarily sexist. Those are probably the no two no, that are not. sexist. Other ones are just are just funny. Um, on a on a on a on a kind of an appropriate level, just something yes. that's ridiculous. I mean, that stuff's entirely inappropriate. The number um, two one. The number two one they list is is disgusting. It's a it's a little girl who's all dolled up. And she's got curly hair and makeup on, and she's got a little teddy bear. And she looks to be eight or nine. The headline says, Loves Baby Soft Because Innocence is Sexier Than You Think. Nice. Just ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. So anyway, so so come check this. We'll, we'll provide a link on our show notes. But do you think that there will be any ads? That, think about healthcare ads now. Because I can think of one type of healthcare ad that in the future might you might look back and go, they actually had ads for this, right? One of I don't know why, but one that comes to mind is is bariatric surgery. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't know why. There's just, I mean, certainly that helps a lot of people. So mm-hmm. I'm not making fun of the people or the surgery, right? But just the fact that you would advertise um, the need for it, or that a society, I don't know. Maybe I'm off on that one. Maybe I'm being too mean. But for some reason, I think that could be one in 20 years people will look back on and go, maybe we'll have some kind of pill that will make it obsolete. And people will go, you really had to have surgery back then to lose weight? I don't know. Right. I just keep laughing at this girl eyeing the jelly on the bread. It's the first ad on the page. So if, if you visit the link, um, <laughs> you'll see it. Make sure to read the caption. That one's, that one's got to be my favorite. This is really mean because you and I can see this and we're like laughing at it like an inside <laughs> joke and everybody out there in podcast. Well, it's really, it's just interesting to see how as a society our norms really yes. evolve and change because this stuff today is just beyond absurd. Yep. I mean, there's, an ad, there's an ad for Daisy Rifle where it's Christmas and there's like six people in the family from including kids and they all got the rifle. Mm-hmm. From seven to seventeen, Daisy will make it a Christmas to remember. <laughs> yeah, the oh, caption should... is: "The family that guns together has funds together." Is that what? Oh, that's the that's a little quip. Now, there's probably still people that would say, "What's wrong with that?" Right. I'm sure there are people out there who are even listening to this. So, um, <laughs> there is something a little obscene about putting a rifle in the hand of a seven year old and as part of Christmas, and they're all celebrating <laughs> gunfire. But you know. It's a right to bear arms, and you know, there's a lot worse ones on here, but that one's just kind of humorous. <laughs> All right, so maybe we should wrap it up with that. Those are that those are very uh, those are those will be fun. So hopefully, people will check those out. Maybe we can post like a sample one. I don't know if you can do that on our website, but definitely put the link in our show notes. Yep. So that'd be a good place to wrap up. Anything else you want to cover, Adam? 
Nope, I think that's a good place to end it for the day. All right. Well, for Interval and Healthcare Marketing Insights, this is Chris Bevelo. Adam Meyer. We will talk to you next time. See ya.